Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Hello everyone, this is Pastor Chet Haney, and I'm the pastor of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church in Greenville, Texas, and I'm so thankful today to be able to join you, our listeners, on the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast and podcast, and we're so thankful that you are a part with us here, and I hope that you'll listen carefully, because we have a wonderful studio guest today. Thank you so much, Darlene, for coming in today be with us. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's good to have you. Darlene is special to His Mighty Hand because she's actually joined our ministry as a volunteer, and uh, she's our coordinator now for um, production, and basically that means she has her radar going, and she's always looking for people who have had uh, stories and testimonies in their lives of great things that God has done. How's that going for you? It's going great. God is using me in a mighty way. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, you have certainly brought to the forefront some wonderful examples of what we're what we're after here in this ministry. We we do feature the pulpit ministry of our church, which is mine. Yes. But I also want to uh, begin with real life testimonies of real life people who've had a real life awesome blessing from a real powerful good god and we certainly do serve a mighty god yes we do yeah i've been studying about him this morning his name is el shaddai god almighty and i've been um, thinking about the shadow of el shaddai which we are allowed to dwell in and i'm gonna be preaching that sometime in the future so you can kind of keep that in the back of your mind uh, as listeners, and maybe that'll uh, someday down the road ring a bell when you hear about it on His Mighty Hand. Well, Darlene, uh, as you have uh, come into this ministry and uh, kept an eye out and an ear out and kept your heart open for people who do have a story to tell, uh, it's come to my attention that you yourself have quite a story to tell. And uh, I'm so thankful, Darlene, that God brought you into our church. You are an example of a joyful believer, and I just love that about you. The Bible says we're supposed to be full of joy, and you have that. You have exuberance. Uh, you always have a big smile on your face and uh, just a joy in your heart, and you're excited about the Lord. You're excited about our church, and I appreciate that because it's not always the case you know, with everybody, and sometimes we ourselves, we have to think about joy and be intentional and deliberate about it. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul said. Again, I say rejoice. He repeated it to us because we needed to hear it twice. It's so important. It's very important. Yeah, amen, amen. So, um, Darlene, I want to ask you to kind of share with us a little bit of your um background how, how long have you been attending highland terrace now it's been about three or four years four years 
in September. Four years. Wow. That's awesome. And you've got an awesome life group. I have an awesome life group. Yeah. And my sweet neighbor yeah. invited me to come to church with her. Wow. And I knew immediately when I walked into this church, this is where I needed to be. How did you know? I felt the love from the people. I loved um, Pastor Chet when he spoke. And he just, you, Pastor Chet, teach straight from the Bible. And that means so much because everybody doesn't do that. And you touched my heart. And God began to work on me that Although I thought I was saved, I had been baptized when I was a little girl, but my life never reflected that. And I knew that when I came here, God was calling me for something greater than myself. Wow. That is so awesome. Uh, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, to see God work in the moment is hard because sometimes we don't recognize his hand at work. But, man, when we look back, we can sure see the footprints and the fingerprints yes. of God, his steps and his mighty hand, you know, at work in our lives, touching us. Yes. And, you know, all of my life, I knew God. I knew of God. Yeah. I didn't ever understand a relationship with him. Uh-huh. I always was a good girl, basically, and I did things I, that I knew to be right. Right. But, and when I it was in a trauma, I always called on him because who else are you going to call on? Right. But little did I know that I was not walking with him. Right. And when I, and and, and never any church I've ever been into made me feel mm-hmm. that I wasn't. Yeah. But there was just something about being here and being in our life group that touched my heart so much. And God began to work on me and work on me. And I wanted to know more. And I got me a new Bible and I studied. And I just wanted to know more about him and the relationship aspect. And it was... So you had the hunger. I had the hunger. Mm-hmm. And, you know... All my, you wanted to know more about Jesus. Yes. More, yes. More truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and my Sunday school teacher, Judy, mm-hmm. she just teaches us in such a way because mm-hmm. she's been on the other side and yeah. she came to know Jesus, and she is on fire for Jesus. She is. And I went on a couple of trips uh, with she and a couple of other ladies. Yeah. And those times, what we would do Bible study for about half of the day, and then we would, you know, do something else. We might go shopping or eat out. But then we did some more Bible study at night, and we prayed like I had never, ever prayed before. Mm. And it was on, and I continued to grow. Mm-hmm. And in the second year that we went, yeah, I knew God was... He was calling me. He was just calling me. Wow. And I felt it. This is uh, bringing up emotions. Yes. Right this moment. Yes. Yeah. And one Sunday, Uh you preached on um, forgiveness, Hmm. and I was holding some really bad grudge in my heart. Hmm. And you spoke on forgiveness, and you talked about the men who let the the paraplegic down on his mat Mm -hmm. into the through the roof Mm -hmm. and you ended that by saying what mat do you need to get up off of and walk Mm -hmm. and i knew exactly what it was Mm -hmm. and it took me a month or so to come to terms with that take up your mat and walk 
What? So you had a mat. I had a mat, and I was sitting on it, Mm -hmm. and I was not budging off of it. Mm -hmm. And I'd held that grudge Mm -hmm. for several years. And and I was very justified, I thought. Uh Uh-huh. Had your reasons. In my anger, yes. Mm -hmm. But when you said, pick up your mat and walk, what mat do you need to get off of Mm -hmm. that you're sitting on? I knew exactly what it was, and I had discussed that with Judy before. Mm-hmm. So when we went up to Sunday school, I said, you know what, Matt, I have to get up off of? And she said, yes. Wow. Just it, she was dialed in? She was dialed in because your I had I had, had many conversations with her. Yeah. And so, yes, she was very much dialed in. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that. We prayed about it. Mm-hmm. We decided what I should do. Yeah. I did it, and it was the greatest feeling. I have no yeah. animosity for that person anymore. Wow. So and what was your response to that? As God put that on your heart, how did you, um, how did you, you know, what did you do next? I wrote a note to the person mm-hmm. and I just said, I don't know what happened between us. Yeah. But whatever part I played in it, I am so sorry and I apologize. Bless your heart. And I pray that you can forgive me for whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I love you. Oh, man. And I always will. <laughs> I'm so sorry for the last few years. Yeah. And I, I signed it love. Yeah. And in a, two or three days, she sent me a text and said, thank you for your note. I appreciate it so much. Division doesn't feel good. Wow. And so I'm so happy to hear from you. Wow. So it it touched the spot. It, it hit touched the, the spot. It hit and the I, target. And I began. I had been to a Bible study at Bible Study Fellowship uh-huh. uh, and studied the Book of Romans, which I had never really studied a whole lot. Yeah. I know the stories I heard when I was in Sunday school when I was mm-hmm. little, but to know the background of anything, I didn't. And when we studied forgiveness mm-hmm. and Romans, it began to work in my head. Mm-hmm. But then once I came to Highland Terrace, and then I went on a couple of those trips where we are. It's very intense. Right. Was like, I, I had really never, I mean, I have wonderful friends, but I had never had friends like the friends I have in Highland Terrace mm. that understood me, got it. Yes. You know, it wasn't just somebody I had lunch with and had fun with. And yes. it was serious and deep. And, and oh yeah. Lord, praise this, Him. Yes, amen. This is why the, the concept of what we call a life group is so important. Oh. You can't really get that, what you're describing in the big church, uh, large group experience. You can get a blessing. You can get inspired by the worship service. You can get teaching from God's word. But to really have that interactive fellowship where you have a group of people who know you, who love you unconditionally, who speak truth into your life, you spend time with you, you go on vacation together, you open God's word with a cup of coffee at the beach, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and fellowship together like no other. That's what a life group is for. And that's, yes. that's so, it's like a church within the church. Yes, it is. In a way, because it's, it's the church that you can really, um, relationally draw the, the, the fellowship strength from that everybody needs. And I just can't recommend and it, express too much the importance of life groups for everybody. In I am in total agreement with you. Yeah. I've never been in a life group like this one. Yeah. Well, praise God for the way it functions. And, yes. And you're not the only one who feels that way. There's yes. 
there's a, a group of ladies there that have really blessed and benefited from that fellowship with each other. Yes. Well, when we come back, um, we're, we're about out of time for our first session. Okay. Uh, we'll come back in a moment and uh, start another session. I want to uh, share a story uh, with our listeners that you've given me permission yes. to delve into. And uh, I know it's a painful part of your story, of your past, um, but it's also a powerful thing that, that God has done. And I have a feeling our listeners are going to be blessed to hear that because there's a lot of us who go through painful and powerful experiences, sometimes at the very same time. What the devil means for bad, God uses for good. Amen. 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 That's the word of Joseph in Genesis. Mm -hmm. You meant it for evil, but God has used it for good. Yes. Can I just pray for you, Darlene? Father, thank you so much for Darlene and for her heart, uh, Lord, to come into our church family and to come into this moment today to speak into the needs of others uh, who are listening. And Father, I just think if there's someone listening right now um, who needs um, to hear the message that's about to begin on our broadcast today, I just pray that you will uh, use your word to be a beacon and to be a, a comfort and to be a challenge, Lord. Sometimes you bless us and sometimes you bother us. And we need both, Father, in the Word. And I I thank you, Lord, for the way that you can speak through the living and active book, which is called the Word of God. So thank you for this time, Lord, for Darlene's testimony. And thank you for our listeners who've joined us today. I ask you to bless each one. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Chet Haney with the Highland Terrace Baptist Church and the His Mighty Hand Radio Podcast. And thank you so much, Darlene Montgomery, for what you've done for us today. Thank you. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. We serve a God who answers prayer, don't we? But what if not? What if you really needed God to come through for you and he didn't? I want to speak this morning on the subject, but if not, did you know the English army was backed up against the English channel and the Germans had them pinned and there was really no way of escape and they sent a terse message across the channel back to the homeland That is the text of my message for today, which is three words. And if not. What in the world do they mean by that? That's what the Germans wanted to know. They couldn't understand it because the Germans were functionally illiterate in Bible. But the English knew their Bibles. And they recognized the message as from Daniel chapter 3, which I'd like to invite you to turn there this morning for our message today from Daniel chapter 3, but if not. Because, you know, sometimes we may find ourselves in a terrible bind, in a very difficult situation, and we may cry out to the Lord, and he may wonderfully and gloriously answer our prayers. But what about if he doesn't? 
But if not, what then? You know what happened to the English? The Navy didn't have any ships left to come get them. And so a Navy similar to the Cajun Navy of the, uh, of the, uh, hurricanes down in Louisiana, a Navy of fishing boats, tugboats, pleasure boats, uh, some, uh, affluent people's yachts, any kind of boat that could get across the English Channel by the hundreds, hundreds of people's boats came across and rescued just about the whole army of some 400,000 English soldiers. Got them back to the homeland because of a message that went out. But if not. And by that message, here's what the soldiers were saying. We're trusting that God will save us. And we pray that he will. But if not, we're going to stay faithful to him. Whatever happens. That's the message today. But if not... And I want to uh, remind you of what to me has been a great blessing through the years. It's the John Bazzano philosophy of prayer. John Bazzano, who was the great pastor in uh, Oklahoma City, First Southern Baptist of Dell City, Oklahoma, and of course all those years, First Baptist Houston, said this about prayer. He said, you know, we'd see a lot more people get healed if we pray more. I believe that's true. But he said, what we need to remember is when we pray, we're not putting God under our authority. We're putting ourselves under his authority. And whatever happens, we should give him the glory and give him thanks. That's good, but if not, praying right there. Now, if you'll join me as we look at our text for today in Daniel chapter 3, we find the King Nebuchadnezzar setting up a golden image in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. It was 90 feet high. How high is our cross out here, Brother Ray? About 50? It's 80 feet high. All right, so it's very similar height to uh, the size of the golden image. And the command went forth, when you hear the symphony, I took my wife to the symphony uh, Friday night, and as we celebrated our anniversary, it was a beautiful thing. We heard the woodwinds and the brass, and we heard the violins and the harp and the percussion. It was very, uh, very cultured of me, I thought, to take Terry <laughs> to the symphony. And I had a motivation to be cultured because the tickets were a lot cheaper than the Mavericks. <laughs> but we had a good time, really enjoyed it. And here's what King Nebuchadnezzar said. If you hear the sound of the symphony, the lyre and the harp and the horn and the flutes, bow down and worship the golden image. Of course, we know what happened. The music began to play and everybody bowed down except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were Jewish boys. They had been raised up with the finest of education and really the finest of privilege in the, in the country of Babylon during the exile. No food was spared for them. They, 
they got really whatever they wanted and they had positions of great authority. And I wonder if the satraps and the governors and the rulers might have been kind of jealous of these young men who had been given so much privilege and had really kind of given them their jobs. And they reported to the king that these guys did not do what you said. Specifically, it was the Chaldeans who reported this to the king. Now, let's think about the Chaldeans, who they are, just for a moment. By way of historical background, just a little bit, let me just share with you that the Chaldeans were highly educated. They were socially elite, aggressive, powerful men who lived in the southern provinces of Babylon down in what we would call southern Iraq, near the city of Baghdad today. These were men who were astrologists and astronomers. They studied the stars and made charts and kept careful notes. And the mention of them goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter 12, really chapter 11, where we have the um, genealogy of the men from the time of Noah to the time of Abraham, we find one man mentioned whose name is Terah. And Terah had a son named Abram, and they were from Ur of the Chaldeans. So the Chaldeans were men of great renown, famous, and they'd been known for a long time. And they kind of had... Um, Nebuchadnezzar beholden to them. I think you can see this by way of Nebuchadnezzar's instant and furious reaction to their words. I don't know if that means that he was aware of them and kind of trying to impress them. I don't know if that means that, uh, you know, they sort of had him on a string like a puppet, but he immediately and emotionally reacted. When they told him that these men did not bow down and worship. By the way, did you know it was the Chaldeans um, who kept those charts for 360 more years? Detailed charts of astrology and astronomy. Which makes it unsurprising to us that in Matthew chapter 2 verse 2, the Bible describes men from the east who had seen a new star, and they followed that star, hoping to learn about the king of the Jews. So really, Jesus is right here in the shadows of this account because of these wise men, these scholarly men, these influential men who came to Nebuchadnezzar and said, by the way, when the symphony started, and we heard the sound of the flute and the horn, and we heard... The liar, these men did not bow. And the Bible says in verse 13, Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage. He was furious and he gave the command that the three men should be brought. And he questioned them, is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image that I have set up? Verse 14 says, now he says, If you're ready, I'm going to give you one more chance. 
And when you hear the flute and the harp and the horn and the lyre and the psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, if you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not, you shall be cast immediately into a burning, fiery furnace into the midst. And here's the question of blasphemy. Here's the question of insult to these men and to God. Nebuchadnezzar said, who is the God who will be able to deliver you from my hands? Can you hear the tone of his words? You think God's going to take care of you? You think God's going to be there for you? I'm about to throw you into that fire, boys. You think your God's going to be able to help you? Have you ever heard a, a question like that? Has the devil ever spoken to you that way? Have you ever had a doubt? Uh, you're in a situation, and it's hard, and uh, you're desperate, and you don't really have anything else to do but cry out to the Lord and to put your faith and trust in him and to pray in faith as we're taught to do. But this nagging little question, what if not? What if God doesn't come through for you? What then? And if not? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were ready to answer, even though they felt like there was no need to answer. They said so in verse seven in uh, 16b. They said, we have no need to answer you in this matter, O king. Almost sounds a little bit disrespectful as they answer him back, doesn't it? We don't need to answer you. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, we're talking about prayer, and we're talking about faith. Let's pray right now for a moment. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for perhaps the greatest of all kinds of faith. Sometimes, Lord, we're confused and we think when you don't answer our prayer, it's because we haven't prayed hard enough. We haven't prayed with faith enough. Or maybe we question whether you love us enough. Forgive us for that, Lord, and give us today, I pray, a firm, resilient determination in faith to pray, and if not. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what may help us to understand the context of the truths that we're about to learn today are some concepts that we see right in the text of our Scripture. And the first is this. Nebuchadnezzar made a law that everyone had to worship when the music started. It was the law. You hear the music, you bow your knee, 
you worship. Worship the golden image. It was the law. Now, in Babylon, the law of the Medes and the Persians was considered to be uh, absolute. And you could not question it. You certainly could not disobey it. If it came out of the king's mouth, you were expected to do it. But I want to tell you something. You cannot make someone worship by law. It's not possible. Uh, Law has its place. And we thank God for law and we thank God for order. But worship comes not from coercion. It rather comes from conversion. It does not come from some king's commandment. It comes from a Christian's conviction that we should worship. In fact, it's kind of a mystery in a way because the highest law, Jesus said, was this, to love. The highest law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. To love him with all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment. It's the most compelling law that was ever spoken by God. To love the Lord. And yet, to love the Lord cannot be done legalistically. To love the Lord is something you have to do freely by choice. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 